0: Greetings in Jesus name to each one of you here this morning. Glad to see each one you each one of you here. It's a blessing to worship again here at the peak. Really enjoy worshiping with you believers here. <clears throat> what a blessing that we can meet together and worship the Lord. It's a real treat to be able to look into God's word and see what he has for us to encourage us to be able to give the light of Jesus to everyone we meet, what a tremendous blessing. A little bit over a month ago, uh, I started a little series of messages that I want to give here on, called Kingdom Principles. I don't know if you remember anything about that, but I'll refresh your mind just <clears throat> a little bit since there's only two kingdoms in this world, and we're the kingdom of God, and that makes all the difference, so we go by completely different principles, and, and it's... Uh, God's kingdom we're a part of, and what a, what a tremendous blessing and a, and a treat and a privilege to be part of the kingdom of God, and it runs on completely different principles than the kingdom of this world, kingdom of Satan, and so uh, this is a privilege to look into God's word and to to see what he expects us, and uh, there's a lot of doctrines in First John, we looked at First John, we'll be looking there again this morning, uh, in First John, <clears throat> and... <clears throat> And the first one was obedience, because uh, if we're going to be in the kingdom of God, you know, that only works when we love him so much that we want to obey. So obedience is natural when there's love there, and uh, when you appreciate what all Jesus has done for you, that, that's just a natural response. And uh, what a tremendous blessing that we can be those that obey and receive his blessings. Now, this morning, I'd like to look at two more if possible <clears throat> and, uh, and that is uh, we'll look at the first one here it is in 1 John 2 29 1 John 2 29 where it says if you know that he is righteous ye you know <clears throat> excuse me that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. So, in this kingdom, doeth righteousness is a principle that they, they live by. And yes, they, they want to do right all the time, continually, they want to do right. And, um, and that, that's, a, that's a real challenge, but it's a real blessing. Now, sometimes uh, the Satan tempts us to think, well, you know, I was a youngster. <clears throat> There were some people that we labeled goody-goodies. Have you ever seen any goody-goody? Well, uh, they probably was doing right, and some of us weren't doing right as much as we should. I said we labeled them that. But I had to think, you know, Christians, they love to do right. They never get tired of doing right. They enjoy doing right. They know they're blessed by doing right because they're in the kingdom that is righteousness, and so they want to do righteous things. They, they, they want to read their Bible. They enjoy that. They don't have to read the Bible. They get to read the Bible. That is righteous. It is right to read your Bible. They enjoy fellowship with God. They enjoy the prayer time. And it, 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 it's a regular thing for them. And they pray many times. They pray continually. That's doing righteous. They love fellowship in the church. They love fellowship with believers. And they love coming to church when their church doors are open. They love to be there. They don't have to be encouraged to come Sunday evening and Wednesday evening. They love to be there. You know why? Righteous people love righteousness. They love doing right. They love doing being kind to everyone. They enjoy that because that's right. That's the right thing to do. It's righteous. They love, enjoy witnessing to others. Because it... They've been blessed by Jesus. And uh, so, you know, this Tuesday evening and Wednesday evening, excuse me, I won't be able to be here. <laughs> no, I wish I could, but I have conflicts. That They, they, they enjoy that. It, it, you know, it's righteous to spread the, the good news, the light of Jesus. It's good. It's righteous. And they love doing that. So they love righteousness. Uh, and what a tremendous privilege we have to be that, you know, you get around some people that have an inferiority complex. Have you ever noticed that? You know, just like, and you know what happens? If, the more you do wrong, the more you're going to fight with the inferiority complex. You ever think about that? Did you ever see one that was always doing right and being righteous, being blessed by God, and has a inferiority complex? It just don't go together. You know, but I've seen, seen, I think we maybe all struggle a time or two, you know, you know, they're getting down on me. But, you know, when we, we live approved of God and doing righteous, there's, there's, that is, that's what makes life worth living. That's what brings joy and blessing in your life is doing righteousness. Not this one time, not this morning, but doing it, do it. Continually doing Righteousness. What a blessing. You don't need to struggle with the fériority complex. You can have a positive, cheerful complex from Jesus, from doing right. What, what a tremendous blessing. So, how can this happen? Well, Matthew 7 16, 18 says, uh, We know that the fruits of our lives prove what we are. And it says there, And you shall know them by the fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistle? So every, even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. So we know that the fruits of our lives makes all the difference. And what makes this so much easier you do what you are. See, in other words, it's basically saying a good tree will do will bring good fruit, and a, bad, a thistle and a bad tree. I'm not sure what I want to identify as that. A corrupt tree bringeth forth bad fruit. You know what I mean? Sour grapes. If you ever ate tasting, we probably have. Well, we so it has to do with what you are, and that, that makes. A lot of difference. Well, uh, Romans 6 has, uh, talks a little bit about this that lets us know kind of the, some of the spiritual dynamics we struggle with, we have in our lives. Romans 6. I'd like to cut in verse 16. <clears throat> know you not? That to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Okay, so um, I'll read to verse 18. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, that ye were the servants of sin. But ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. So it plainly says here, before we accepted Jesus, and everybody without Jesus is the servant of unrighteousness. They're servants unto sin. It says there, you yield yourself servants to whom you obey. And uh, we don't like that idea. Well, but the th- it's very true. It's very true. If, if, if a person is not doing righteousness from their heart, they're serving Satan. They're following him. They might be a nice, pious person. And, uh, in fact, I just talked to one yesterday, and, and he was a good neighbor. Uh, he was a good neighbor, and he was a, a, a fairly nice man. But you know what? He didn't know Jesus. He didn't want to go to church. He wasn't reading his Bible. He, uh, you know what? If you cross his path, I don't, I'm not sure you'd want to be on the other side of that. You know what I mean? And so he, he, he needed Jesus. And the, thing, the truth of the matter is here it makes it say, whenever, whatever you're doing, whatever is coming out is who you're a servant of. And he said, but we're made free from sin. Free from sin. You feel like you're free from sin? That's an intriguing thought. We are free from sin. In Jesus, we're free from sin. You know what it means? To liberate. To liberate. I like that idea. You've been liberated from the bondage of sin. And that's a tremendous uh, concept to realize that us as saints that follow God and obey Jesus has been liberated from living in the bondage of sin. That's a tremendous blessing, and uh, it makes a world of difference. Well, it's wonderful we can do, know this because we are, in other words, you might not like being a servant, but you are a servant. You're either a servant of unrighteousness or you're a servant of righteousness. Take your pick. Now, I thank you as Christians here. We've chosen to be children of Jesus. And that isn't just good phraseology. It's it's heart. It's a heart concept, okay? In other words, it's something that needs to happen, okay? Because you know, the thing is, people can do good things. People can go to church and not be righteous. People can, can be kind to their neighbors and not be righteous. People can tithe and more than tithe and not be righteous. And yet, I praise God, right, that is righteous from a good heart. So I want to look at a verse in Philippians 3. for Philippians 3, verse 9. Where it says, And be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. And so it, it, we want to do righteousness because our heart is right. And you know, see you don't have to. Um, you don't have to train a pig to like slop because their heart loves it. You know they love it. Now I, I still think that's quite contrary to the Christian walk. And so but you don't have to in other words, God don't really need to, tra- shouldn't need to train us to love righteousness. You know what? When we become His child, we are righteous, and our heart loves righteousness, and that makes all the difference. Like, okay, a person, a man is healthy. He sits down at the table. You don't have to train him to eat. They, 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 I mean, the spoon goes from the plate to the mouth just habitually. You know why? They love food. They have a heart that loves food. And, uh, and so you don't have to train that. And so uh, really, it is, it's something that, to know that a Christian, we as Christians, our righteousness comes from a heart that loves God and loves righteousness. And I'll bring this up a little bit later. So you don't have, you don't have to do righteous. You, you need to be righteous, and then you'll do righteousness. Be Righteous. And then you'll do righteousness. Be in the heart, and it's everything. The scripture says, you know, it talks about our righteousness as filthy rags. And you know, some people, some religions have certain criteria to meet there. And I, uh, and I know there, there's there's a lot of merit and some standards, but Actually, righteousness, doing good things apart from a heart that loves God and follows Jesus on a regular basis is filthy rags. But I praise God. Those that have a heart for Jesus and love Him as we as a brotherhood do, we want to follow Him, we want to do it on a daily basis. We are the ones that do righteousness we love it do its righteousness that's one of the principles of the kingdom of god they're doing righteousness from a good heart and what a blessing so we do it we don't have to be wannabes we are do we do it because our heart loves jesus jesus paul also spoke about this life and the lifestyle and he spoke of it there in titus 2 i'd like to read a few verses from titus 2 verses 12 to 14 Thank God we live in the day of grace. And grace teaches us some things. Grace isn't just uh, something bestowed upon us. If we're walking in the grace of God, it manifests itself in certain ways. And it says that here very plainly. Titus 2, verses uh, 12 to 14, it says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us, us as his children. Righteous people through the blood of Jesus Christ teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great, of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Here it says very plainly that if we live in the grace of God, we're living righteously, we will say no to ungodliness. We will. We will definitely have to stand up and 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 have some spiritual fortitude that comes with be, being righteous. And we should, we don't live in worldly passions and lust. We live soberly. We think about our decisions. What it's going to make a difference tomorrow and for your children and your grandchildren. That's sober thinking. It's thinking, words. Because I've heard people say, "Well, I can do this." I like, well, You know, you know, how, you know how that's going to affect your family. You know that's going to affect you 10 years down the road if you start doing that? A lot of times people don't think that. Sober thinking thinks about not just today, but thinks about the effects of my walk tomorrow, or my life tomorrow. That's soberly. And it's challenging nowadays when uh, people change so easily, and they lose their mooring spiritually, or they're losing their mooring spiritually, are we thinking soberly? Righteously. There it is, Righteous. So they're they're caring about righteousness. Their decisions they make, is this right living before Jesus? They think about that. Every decision they make, they think about that. Their heart is wanting to be righteous because it's righteous in Jesus and they desire that. And so they want to live that way. So every decision they make, every activity, the way they talk and walk and live and their attitudes is all, is this righteous? Am I radiating of the righteousness of Jesus? And uh, because I want my heart to be righteous and stay righteous. And it's a privilege we can be that way. So they live righteously. Yes. <clears throat> and they're godly in this present world. Then they have a blessed future. Looking for a blessed hope. Now, that Jesus will walk with them now. And in the future, have, look forward to heaven. Righteousness. That's what God wants. And we know that righteous people continually do good. They permeate that way. That's, the, that's just them. I tell you, they're good. They're the best of neighbors. They're the best of business. They don't run shady deals. They're the best people because Jesus has cleansed them. They're forgiven. And they want to do their part of, of doing righteously. And it's also spoken of in 2 Peter 1. which has some more encouraging thoughts. Second Peter 1, cutting in at verse 3. This is the grace and peace. Be no, excuse me, verse 3. As his divine power is given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by his glory and virtue, by the which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these things ye may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. For also, for this very reason, give it all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly love, and to brotherly brotherly kindness, excuse me, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. This There's so many encouraging things in here. He said, God has given you, when you accept Jesus into your heart, and you've given your all to him, he's going to give you everything you need to live righteously before him. Because we think sometimes. Now I will tell you the, the world we live in is a corrupt world, and you know you you really have to have some spiritual fortitude to be to stay holy in this day and age and be a righteous person. It don't it isn't it isn't easy uh, per se. Now it, it, it's very doable in Jesus Christ. I want to say that right away because somebody oh it's so hard to live a Christian life. Well we we have he gives you he given you individually and us as a body everything that pertaineth to life and godliness. You've got it. You've got it available. You aren't a short-changed child, okay? You've got it. And uh, it's a tremendous blessing. Always remember that when you're struggling. I hear people, oh, I was struggling, and it was just more than I can handle. Well, maybe if you didn't look to Jesus, but n- n- you haven't been given anything you can't handle because he gives you everything for life and godliness. And that's so encouraging today. That's such an encouraging blessing. Then he went on to say, look, I've given you a lot of promises. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to give you all the power you need for every victory. I can give you grace to be kind when everybody else is ugly or me unkind, okay? Uh, you know, and you, and you, you can be a pleasant person. You never, ever have to get out of the bed in the wrong side of the bed in the morning. never don't need to do that. You always jump back in and get out the other side, okay? It's your choice. And God says, I can help you do that. See, I give you all these promises to be with you. And that, and that you may be partakers of the divine nature. Now I've related to the heart experience before. I've I related to the heart experience. This right here. It is. He more than he gives you a new heart, but it gives you a new nature. Now, <clears throat> I know some bloodlines have certain natures, okay? <laughs> And uh, yours got it, and mine does too, okay? So I understand this concept. But uh, this is a spiritual nature that uh, when people without Jesus have certain tendencies to being unkind, uh, being hard to get along with, hard to deal with, sticky fingers, they always wanting more from them. you. You know how the people are nowadays, they went this way. I mean, and he said, you know what, I'll give you a new nature. I'll give you a new nature. You're not wanting more. You're wanting to give. You know, that's that's a, that's a Christian's nature. And I tell you, that will be a stranger. Have you ever seen that nowadays? My money's God's. So you know, if you want to be responsible for it, here it is, you can use it. That's what Paul said. It implied there, you know, it's amazing. A new nature, and that's beautiful because Paul was radically changed. And you know what I firmly believe that every Christian that comes to Jesus and sells out to him is radically changed now I'm not saying it's always the Paul experience versus the difference of night and day right away but I've 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 been around plenty of people that were hard to get along with years ago and they're easy to get along with now that's the new nature you know they didn't really have a longing for Jesus at all you know they could miss church and now they wouldn't miss it for anything that's the new nature they have, they have that real heart's desire Lord you've saved me you know, you've made, you've allowed me to be a part of a great, wonderful fellowship. I want to be there. I want to grow. I want to do that. That's doing righteousness from a good heart. From a good heart. What a tremendous blessing that is. Because when you go, when you walk, have that divine nature, you're going to stay out of the corruption of the world. And then he's going to give all diligence, all diligence, um, doesn't sound like a half hearted affair, does it? You know, it's so easy in this day and age to kind of go along with the flow of things. But it says, give all diligence. I think that's what Jesus expects us to do when it talks about us being righteous and live right. He said, give your all to following Jesus. A half hearted approach, one, we're giving all, add to your faith, virtue, and to virtue knowledge. Yes, we have to have faith in Jesus. We come to Jesus by saving faith, and we stay there by living faith. And, and I think righteousness will show in virtue. It will show in knowledge, and to knowledge self-control. And day and age when so many things are out of control, it's a wonderful blessing to know that righteousness shows in self-control. It's a blessing. And to perseverance and perseverance and uh, praise God for a body of believers and a church that's going to persevere. They're staying steadfast in the Lord. They're not going to be changing. They're 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 wanting to remain faithful to God and to godliness and the godliness, brotherly love, and you've got a good dose of that. Keep it up, keep it up, brotherly kindness. And it's interesting to note. To brotherly kindness, add a big dot wad of love. Now, why would that be? I don't know why, but I, I don't know what he was thinking about. But I knew one thing. We can think we have brotherly kindness, and we can experience brotherly kindness. But let me tell you, when somebody crosses our path, love takes a hit. Love takes a hit. I think there's a lot of forgiveness here. There's a lot of forbearance here. And there's a lot of understanding of Jesus. And it's all righteous. It's all part of righteousness. It makes a brotherhood. This kind of brotherhood is the kind of brotherhood that I'm sure you're doing, but it's, it's from God. It's ones that have that divine nature, and they're doing righteous. It speaks very closely to that. And um, what a blessing. Yes, that in verse 5 where it says about giving all diligence. I did look that up in the Greek. And it means speed, okay? You guys that like speed, okay? You can get it right here in the Bible. You are know, giving all diligence to add to these things speed, earnestness, earnestness, and eagerness, okay? Put your focus on this and get it done and do it hammer down, okay? You know what that means? I think we all do. We've seen the hammer down on this. This is what they do. They, they care about self-control, being uh, 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 steadfast and faithful, being godly and having brotherly love and even adding brotherly love, uh, brotherly kindness, have a double dose of love. What a wonderful fellowship this will be when everybody does righteousness, does righteousness. Wow, what a tremendous, tremendous blessing. Imagine that we can be people prone to sin and even before we accepted Jesus continually sinning, sinning can, and, and Jesus can call us and beckon us to him, and we can say yes to him and receive forgiveness of sins, and it can change our heart. Our heart can be one that loves Jesus, loves righteousness, wants to be holy, and we can have that new nature, and we want to do righteousness all the time. What a tremendous blessing. The next one is first John, that was doeth righteousness. And the next point I'd like the doctrine I'd like to look at is first John three verses eight and nine. First John three verses eight and nine. He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God is manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, but his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. And so, as the disciples, the principle is they do not practice sin. And that goes directly with the last one. Because if you're doing righteousness, you don't want to practice sin. He said, I tell you, to to let you know that the the, the devil sinned from the beginning. And that for this purpose, Jesus come to destroy the works of the the devil. Now, I don't know how you feel about uh, him destroying the works of the devil in your life. Because he did, because he took away the power of Satan. And in fact, I looked at, what does destroy mean? He wants to destroy the works of the devil in this world and in your life. I mean, destroy means to loosen, to break up. In other words, before, we were the servants of unrighteousness. And you know what? We were in the bondage of Satan. We were in the bondage of sin. And we practiced sin, and we didn't really mind it like we should have at all. And he said, Jesus come to loosen and to break up Those forces and that bondage in your life, and so it don't have to have a grip on us anymore. What praise the Lord! And He said, "He, whosoever is born of God, doth not commit sin." That's a pretty high standard, and uh, and Jesus said it, and so we know that that's what He expects. He does not continue in sin. Now, that helps us understand uh, 1 John 5.18. 1 John 5.18 5, says, and we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. They will not continue in sin. E.T.H. does not continue in sin. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. And uh, I don't know if you feel like he's touched you recently, but I know he's attacked me recently. I'm not sure if that's all. uh, I feel like that's getting close to touching. But uh, in the Greek, that means to attach oneself to. If you're following God and you're not living in sin, Satan cannot attach himself to you. I praise God for that. I mean, he might attack you, but he can't. He's not going to. Attach himself to you. He's not going to. You're not need to live in that bondage. You're not going to have to to live in the oppression of Satan. Well, so it's a high calling we have that we have in Jesus. But in here, in the first these references, I don't know if you notice two two different phrases come up. It was born of him, and here it's born of God. To realize that every Christian here this morning is born of God. Now, that's amazing. Because I look out here, and I know some people that you were born a good, or you were born a nicely. You might even be born a carrier, or even a smith. And I'm sorry, I don't know all your, I'm not going to quote all your names. You may have even born a heat wool, And uh, to get down the rung that far, but you, some, people are pretty, pretty, some people I've been around are pretty proud of their, their last name, you know. I've been around a few of those. And, uh, and I think, what's going on here? You know, I know some, and I, I think of that person's family that aren't that desirable. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're pretty common folks. That's the way we are by nature, aren't we? You know, you might think you have high pedigree, but you know where your high pedigree is? Born of God. I'll tell you how it is. It's born of God. Now, we don't think of that. See, now, we're part of the kingdom of God. and To be part of that kingdom, we get to be the family of God. You, as a Christian, are born of God. I, I can't really fathom all that, but it's amazing. That phrase is used, or born of him, four times in the scriptures, and it's all in First John. You are born of God. And I just think, if we look at, so I am God's child. I am born in the new birth. You were born spiritually of God. This is, this is all a God thing. And it's not about us. It's all about God. That's why the person wants to do righteousness. And that's why the person, you know what? They will not continue in sin. There's no way. He's basically saying, there's no way that you can be my child, have my nature, have my heart, and go out and sin. And live in it, and continually do it. That's spiritual dynamics. That's doctrine. I like that doctrine. I like that. I tell you, that helps me get a real love for Jesus and a real hate for sin. And maybe I don't have the hate for sin I need. Did you ever think about you know, do? Is that the way we are? What's well, a high calling? I like to read First John three verses four to eight. Now speaks a little bit more of this. 1 John 3, verses 4 to 8a, where it says, Whosoever committeth sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. For you know that he was manifest to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. They're not going to continue in sin. I praise God when we sin, we have an advocate, Jesus Christ, but they don't continue in that. They sinneth not. They, do, they will refuse to practice sin. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. This is pretty plain. Uh, this, is, this is a high bar. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteous is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil. Wow. I thought, you know, I wonder if modern day Christian got a grasp of this, how we live. I hope it wouldn't have to affect your, a change in your life, but I tell you, it, it speaks mighty highly uh, of a person. See, if we're going to be born of God, His kingdom is righteousness and holiness. And I tell you, that's a mighty high calling, the holy. Because He said, Be ye holy. For I am holy. And see, you know, you have no higher one to claim than God and being his child. We cannot claim any higher family lineage than God's. And yet we can claim that. He said, look, you're my child. You are going to be a representation of me. And if you follow me faithfully, you're doing righteousness and you won't practice sin. You know what? There's going to be a pure light of Jesus shining in your community in your conduct, in your ways you know they can tell who you are and what you are by your DNA you can do what you want to and they can catch you raw through your DNA I had to wonder, now I'm not trying to say things tritely but I hope that all of our community knows that we have the DNA of God Isn't it beautiful? Every touch, everything around, you're spreading the DNA of God around. That's amazing. They can track you down for Jesus. (laughs) That'd be beautiful, you know? Track you down for Jesus. Wow, he's different. You know what? He got a different DNA. Every Christian should have that because you're born of God. You're holy. You're holy. You're a different person. Be holy for I am holy. Wow. Wow. It's amazing things here in the Bible that we don't always think about, but they're good. They strengthen us spiritually to help us be what we need to be. No wonder it says, in the Old Testament, there it talks about the, the way of, of we were and the remedy and the hope. It says in Ezek, Ezekiel 18, starting at verse um, 26 to 32, it says, When a righteous man turneth away from his righteousness and commit iniquity, he dieth in them. For his iniquity that he hath done shall he die. Again, when the wicked man turneth away from his wickedness and that he hath committed and doeth that which is lawful and right, he shall save his soul alive. He shall, because he considereth and turneth away from all his transgressions he hath committed, he shall surely live, he shall not die. That's describing us meeting Jesus and following him in faith. Uh, Yet saith the house of Israel, the way of the Lord is not equal, house of Israel, are not my ways equal, are not my ways unequal, therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel. Everyone according to his way, saith the Lord, repent and turn yourself from all your transgressions, so iniquity shall not be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions whereby you have transgressed and make you a new heart. And a new spirit, for why shall ye die, O house at peak? For I that's that's a little change there, I must confess. For I have no pleasure in the death of him that dies, saith the Lord. Therefore, turn ye and live. He said, Look, you, if you if we stay in our sins, you're gonna be judged by that, and you're gonna die spiritually. And he said, But look, you can turn away. Turn away and do righteously. And the only way to do that is through Jesus. You can do that. And he said, you shall live. You're going to do what's right. You're going to... And what a blessing to be that way, to be able to live and do what's right. Yes. Another problem with com- accommodating sin is uh, found in John 8, 34, where it says, Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, i say unto you, Whosoever commit a sin is a servant of, of sin, we already talked about that, and there'll be a, you know that's something to grasp, actually. to realize when I give in to some worldly pleasure, sensual pleasure, or I give in some selfish thought or, or uh, pride, proudful attitude, when I think it's just fine to neglect God's word, when, when I give in to that, it is one thing, because Satan always gives you excuse. He always gives you excuse. He always, lets, it's not that bad, you know. And But he says, you got to realize that you're becoming the servant of sin. Nobody, nobody that has been a Christian ever wants to change to be a servant of sin and say, you, you know. That would be just outrageous to imagine that. No, we, we wouldn't want to be servants of sin, not for the life of me. No, no. But that's what's happening when a person is willing to sin and not repent. They're becoming the servant of sin and bondage of Satan. Praise God we don't have to live that way. We can repent. We can get forgiveness of sins. And we can go back into the paths of righteousness and living righteously. So we want to obey. And another, it says it also in 2 Peter 2 19, says almost the same thing. While they promised him liberty, they themselves were the servants of corruption. Oh, they were having a good time. They were partying. They were, they were, run, they were living flesh. Ah, yeah. They promised him liberty. They were the servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome, the same he is brought into bondage. Do you love? Being a slave for Jesus. Do you love that? I get the concept that that's the only way for a Christian to live. Is being a servant or slave of Jesus. Because really, saying very plainly, you're a servant for Jesus or you're in bondage to Satan. It's one or the other. It's very plain. It has everything to do how we live. And whether you're going to do righteousness, do, uh, live righteously, and you're going to not practice sin. It has everything to do with it. I praise God we don't have to be enslaved to bad habits. Oh, that's my habit or that's my nature. You don't have to be a bondage to that. Through Jesus we can, we can have victory over that. Don't have to have enslaved in bondage. We can live above that by, by the forgiveness of sins. A person that has a holy nature must hate sin. There is no option. How can, how can a holy person accommodate corruption and evil. They don't go together, just like sweet water and fresh water and salt water don't mix correctly. It's corruption, hating sin. The psalmist said a few uh, words that were good. He said that, and I hope this is our heart, I hate in a poor lying, therefore thy law do I love. He also said in Psalms um, 97, 10 to 12, ye that love the Lord hate evil. Ye that love the Lord here at the peak this morning, Jesus is telling us, hate evil. Okay? That's plain. He preserved the souls of his saints. He delivered them out of the hand of the wicked. He goes on to give us a bunch of promises. Light is sown in righteousness and gladness for the upright of heart. Rejoice in the Lord, ye righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. I hope that you love being a holy person. Uh, Psalms 101 verse 3 says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the works of them that turn aside. They will not cleave to me. They're not going to hang out with wicked people. They, won't, they don't even want to look at evil things because they hate that. Psalm 119 104 says, Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every." Sin, false way. He was sober-minded. He said, I hate every false way. Everything that leads me down, I'm going to stay away from. I don't want to start sinning and because you, people call gradualism, they call that sin. It's, and it does lead us to sin. We don't want to be that way at all. I praise God we can live differently. I hope it can be said of every saint here this morning, Hebrews 1 verse 9. Thou hast loved righteousness. Hebrews 1, and thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy See, Since being his children, there's nothing like being beloved children of Jesus. There's nothing like it. There's just nothing like it. I mean, he wants to to bless your lives and give you the joy, spiritual joy, and a settledness that is such a blessing. But he said, you know what? You got to get it. You got to love righteousness and hate iniquity. God bless you in practicing that type of life. Shall we stand for closing prayer? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessing we have of looking into your word this morning. Lord, it's so wonderful, the plan that you have for us. Lord, you just didn't tell us to do righteousness and then make evil our, our longing and desire. You gave us a new heart, a new nature in Christ Jesus. and such a blessing, Lord, to have that new nature. We don't deserve it, but we thank you, Jesus, for giving us your nature and your longings. Lord, I thank you for each one that's here this morning. I pray that you'll bless them, be with them, strengthen them as they look to you and diligently follow you, Lord. Bless them. We need your presence, Lord. We want to be uh, Christians, little Christ. We want to reflect of your love and glory. But, Lord, we know we need your help continually. So, Lord, I just pray that each one here this morning or even hearing it over there over the... Phone or however they may hear this, Lord, will be encouraged to be faithful to you. Lord, give us a new hatred for sin and a love for your ways. So, Lord, just be with us today. Thank you that you've planned for a day of rest and worship. Thank you. It's so refreshing to be able to, to, to walk with you, Lord, and to hear your words. Also, it's so refreshing to be with other believers, to be encouraged in you. Lord, may we walk with you and be faithful to you